0: Today on the show, we're talking to author, speaker, and coach John Vroman and his incredible wife, Tatiana Vroman. John and Tatiana share about growing up very differently, how they met at a gas station, and what drives them to live life in the front row. The Legendary Marriage Podcast begins now. (music)
1: If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast.
0: Every couple wants to have a great marriage, but the trials and challenges of life pull us in different directions.
1: So we talk with amazing couples who share their stories and incredible experts who share their wisdom about building a life together.
0: And at the end of every show, we give you a conversation starter so you and your spouse can build more intimacy and connection in your marriage By having conversations that matter.
1: Welcome to the show. This is episode 125. We are your co-hosts, Danielle and Justin Williams. Hello. And uh, guess what? What? We have an awesome family. Yes, we do. And it's growing by the day.
0: Oh my gosh, the show is blowing up. This is the biggest, April is the biggest month ever the legendary marriage podcast we are in more places than ever we're on spotify and iheartradio and stitcher and google play and itunes and a few places that i'm not thinking of off the top of my head yeah and thanks to all the new listeners people who have joined in in the last month or two um gosh like like uh, amy says in a review on itunes i see so many friends give up and get divorced my parents divorced as i was graduating high school and it had a big impact on our family. Marriage is important. Thanks to Danielle and Justin for this podcast that helps us take our marriages to the next level.
1: All right. Thanks. You know, it's, and it's
0: funny yeah. because Amy was actually on the show. Uh, 105. Episode 105, uh, sharing some of her story about she and her husband met at a gas station.
1: Oh my gosh! And today, our couple on the show—John no, and Teaser, yeah. John and Tatiana—they also met at a gas station. Anyway, um, it's just
0: a funny little maybe, coincidence. Maybe
1: we're underplaying the romance of the gas station. Yeah. Maybe it's next a...
0: date night, gas station. <laughs> hey, all the singles out there, all the single ladies, hit, all hit the single the... guys out there, get to the gas station. Get
1: to the gas station. Find your true. You love. could meet
0: the love of your life at.
1: The gas station. The gas station. At All the right. Texaco.
0: Hey, uh which reminds me, kinda of, I'm going back a little bit okay. to the review. Amy's you know, we shared Amy's review. Uh we always mention reviews at the end of the show and say subscribe, rate, and review the show so we know how we're doing and other couples can find us. And that is uh, it's so important, y'all. Um, iTunes uh, iTunes is the biggest outlet for podcast for our show, at least. Mm -hmm. And reviews are a huge part of how iTunes decides how to rank shows, meaning like whether or not it shows up when people search Mm -hmm. and, and in new and noteworthy and all of that stuff. So the more reviews we have, the more couples will find us when they're going to search for help and hope and inspiration and encouragement by chasing down podcasts and,
1: and they will have conversations that matter so yes. speaking of conversations that matter Thursday night we always go live on our Facebook page we call it pillow talk we kind of look behind the scenes Danielle and Justin we break down all the fun topics A Peek
0: between the sheets.
1: I don't know about that. It is in our bedroom, but yeah. it's not really usually. as creepy as you're making it sound. But we, creepy, we're Come talking on. about we're talking about all the hot topics from the show, and we usually do a check-in. Yes. So if you're unfamiliar with the sachet check-in,
0: and this is our last announcement before we roll into the interview, the check-in, the sachet check-in, we have discovered this tool about eight nine years ago. And we use it every single day in our marriage, in our family. And so we created this resource. We kind of put it together uh, in a digestible form for everybody. You can find it at legendarymarriage.com slash check-in.
1: You want more intimacy and connection in your conversations? That's the place. Hit it up. Okay. This is
0: the best first stop to, toward a better marriage, wherever you are. If you're in that adversary's kind of a place or the roommate zone or wherever... The check-in is the first best tool.
1: Just like Amy said in her review, just take it to the next level. Yeah. That's all we're doing. Okay, so on the show today, we have John and Tatiana Roman. Yeah. All right. And they are just the the uh, firehouse couple behind yeah. Front Row Dads, Front Row know, Factor.
0: You may know uh, John's name. Uh, he he is a author, speaker, and coach. He wrote a book a couple of years ago called The F- uh, Front Row Factor. Mm-hmm. He has a foundation that helps people. Um, and now, in the last year or two years, he has launched and built up what is called Front Row Dads. And I'm a part of that group, uh, uh, the Facebook group, and love their podcast. And so just connecting with John, we were like, we got to get you guys on the show. Okay, and I w- he and his wife, Tatiana, are just... I mean, There's, I don't know how to describe them. Like we're, smiling, my face still noosers. hurts from smiling in I that know. conversation. Yeah. remember,
1: remember when you got married, and then at the at the reception, you kept yes. smiling. This was like that. Like when we met them, they're just yeah. they just bring joy to the whole conversation. So, hey, without uh, any further delay, let's get d- to our conversation with John and Tatiana Roman. We have John Roman and his wife Tatiana. We're so excited to have them. So John is a speaker, an author of the Front Row Factor, which is a number one bestseller. Um, he also has his own podcast, Front Row Dads, yes. and they are just an amazing couple. You guys, we're so glad to have you on the show. Welcome!
0: Thanks for having us.
1: Hello. Yes. Oh my
0: God. Okay. Now, how long I'm have so y'all glad been, we could make this work.
1: How long have y'all been married? We've been married for
2: 10 and a half years together for 12. Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. So who's
1: counting? No, you're not like tallying off the days or anything, are you? (laughs) So we'll definitely get into that story, but I want to know. So obviously, John, you are very into like, you want to make fatherhood like the best possible scenario. So I want to know about you guys as kids, like, How were your parents with you growing up? Were they strict? Were they like, how did that play out for each of you?
3: I'll go first. Um, And uh, that's because I just got tapped on the arm and I take orders well here. We
0: have all the the off-camera signals.
3: (laughs) So uh, yeah, so uh, I grew up in a military family. Um, I have two wonderful parents who now live in Suffolk, Virginia, but we spent most of our lives moving around. My dad was a Navy captain and every couple of years we'd find a new spot. I have a wonderful sister, Kirsten, who still works with our charity full-time. So I get to talk with her almost every day. And um, and growing up in in our family was, I, I wanna say it was fairly normal. You know, most families have a lot of dynamics within the scope of being, if you, if you were to call it normal, you know, there's a lot of emotions. There's a lot of stories. There's a lot of things that we can dig into there moments that were awesome and moments that uh, we wish were a little more awesome. Um, (laughs) Yeah. um, But you know, I'm very grateful for my family and I've always felt very appreciative of um, you know, the environment my parents tried to provide. They're very frugal people. Uh, My dad was fairly strict and he worked very, very hard. So I think his biggest regret as a dad and, and my my biggest pain point was that he worked a lot. And he would say that now if you asked him, you know, looking back, he just he woke up early, he was out the door by 6 a.m. First one in the office. Uh, you know, he would leave the office at 5:30, go straight to the gym, come home, sit right at the dinner table, eat, and then sit down and read the paper and go to bed. And that was that was the routine all week. And then my mom was a special ed teacher. Uh, earlier in her life, but then decided to stay home with the kids. And I'm grateful for that. And so that's a that's a little bit about the Romans. Um, what about you? What about,
1: I'm curious about how you said you were a military family, which usually that means quite a few moves under your belt. Is that yeah. true?
3: Yeah, it was. It was every two to three years.
1: Now, how did that shape you as a little person, like having to move every few years?
3: So for me, um, and and this may shock some, I actually liked it. Now, there's certainly tough parts about it, but I have a strong baked in need for variety in my life. And I liked the idea of every time I went somewhere new, I could reinvent myself. You know, I I was always showing up with a fresh identity that I could say, I could be anybody I want. Nobody knows me. And so that there was a joy to me in that moving around. Now, of course, it's challenging leaving a best friend in, in a city. And I did feel that pain along the way. My sister has a much more baked in need for certainty. And so her moving around was much more traumatic. And I think she, uh, her personality would have been better suited to just root down in one spot. and And then, you know, and thrive there. But, um, you know, I wanted to be dad's little, you know, trooper. So he would say, we're moving. And part of it was connecting with him by saying, let's go, let's do it. He would explain to us, like, that's how it works in the military. You can either, if you take the, the, the new station, that'll help your career to advance. And if you turn it down, while they might not let you go, it might not, you might not also advance as quickly.
1: Mm. Mm. So it sounds like you guys were like mission ready. Like, even though you weren't in the military, you were all about dad and I, okay, we're going to do this thing. We're going to, we're going to move the family. And, uh, it sounds like it was almost like an exciting mission for you to like switch.
0: Yeah,
3: there was definitely an excitement to it. And we, you know, you do, you get a chance to see the world a little, you know, I, I was born in Japan, moved to California moved back to Japan until I was five. Then it was South Carolina, Maryland, Pennsylvania, Virginia Beach, and it was all these different spots. And so I did have, there's a sense of an identity that A, I've seen a a part of the world. Um, B, you know, uh, I'm adaptable, I can make friends. You start to develop that identity. And I think that was, there's some real positives with that.
1: Okay. I'm curious about your different identities. You said you took a new identity every time you switched cities. Okay. So tell me about some of your favorite, were you like cool (laughs) grunge skater dude? And then you were, I I
3: was all of that. Yeah. I was, what's funny is, you know, like I'll give you an example. When I lived in South Carolina, right. I was, uh, I was the karate kid, right? So I did karate and I remember I even did like a, Talent show at school when I was swinging nunchucks and doing you know, and I I remember that it was like I was cool because of that. That kids knew me because of that, and there was some type of significance. Then I remember going to Virginia Beach, and I was transitioning kind of into an age where maybe it wasn't so cool to do that. And I remember I was maybe doing some karate in the backyard, and maybe like one of my neighbors made fun of me or something. And I remember thinking that's no longer my identity. Now mm-hmm. I'm, I'm becoming then skater surfer, John, mm-hmm. um, because that's cool and I can get friends that way. So that's how the identity would shift. I was, you know, it's interesting I've I've heard it said that, you know, people are willing to compromise their, their values to meet their needs. And even if I have this, uh, this, this value that I think is important in my life, I have a need for connection and I would compromise certain values that I had in order to meet my need to connect with people, and you know that to me was the very strong need was fitting in. You know that was a strong, strong need to to just fit in. I'm sure that's the case with most people, but I'm I'm also guessing there's a spectrum there, and that changes yeah. about how intense that shows up for people and what they're willing to compromise with.
0: For me, it became a, a kind of a shadowy thing. Like I, I was, I was, I have one brother, 12 years older, everybody in the neighborhood was either little tiny babies when I was, you know, in elementary school or in high school. And so there was this, like, I don't fit yeah. and it became kind of a shadow identity and, and very similar or in a way similar to what you're saying is I kind of created that adaptability of, okay, I'm going to be who they think that they want me to be or who I think that they think that they want me to be or whatever it is. Yep. And uh, I think there's there's brilliance in it because right you can you can meet people I can hang with as a kid I could hang with 50 year old adults or high schoolers or little kids or people from any kind of background. And then when thing. your
1: brother fed you pot brownies when he was 14 <laughs> and you were like a toddler, it probably wasn't the I best probably idea. Probably hung
0: out, probably fit in with that <laughs> crowd a little too much. Anyway, let's
1: go to Tatiana. I want to hear Tatiana for yeah. you like what was, what were your parents like? What were your siblings like? What was growing up for you?
2: Sure. Well, um, thank you for allowing me to share about myself. It's kind yeah. of actually came unexpected. And I was like, wow, how cool is that? I don't get to really remember and talk about myself much. Yeah. So this is uh, this is really sweet. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, listen to Johnny. can't help but just to think, Gosh, we really are so different. We come from such a different backgrounds. Um, everything about our lives as children was different. I grew up in Russia, in Siberia, in a big city in you know an apartment buildings uh, to a single parent um, to just my mom my My dad was uh, non-existent. And my mom, she just did what, and I grew up in Soviet Union, the country that doesn't exist anymore. Hmm. So my mom just did what the Soviet people knew to do, which was just to follow the regime, to follow the rules. And, and it was very, you know, black and white. You, everybody got up at the same time and went to bed and, uh, and, and went to work at the same time. And you know one hour break for lunch between twelve and one, and then came home um, down work at five and then home by five thirty so um, it was um it was really lonely because I did not have brothers and sisters mm-hmm. so, um, and most people in the neighborhood didn't have many siblings but but the typical family was two, so mm-hmm. i i felt I felt like a um, misfit for sure. And, you know, the fact that I didn't have a dad was really hard on me. I just couldn't quite, I still don't understand it. I was like, what? Because it yeah. shaped me. So I'm like, you know, I definitely have the daddy issues. <laughs> um, and, and that's why it's just like so amazing to me that I, I was able to find John because it's like, it didn't come natural to me as attracted to really bad, um, influence men in mm-hmm. my life.
1: Yeah, what kind of what kind of boys did you date when you were younger?
2: If there was a jerk in the neighborhood, I was gonna date him.
3: Wait a minute, she didn't date any. She didn't have any contact with any other man. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I didn't say I would kiss him.
2: I just said we would hold hands. That's holding nice. Hands. It's
1: holding hands.
2: I held hands with really um, <laughs> rowdy kids. <laughs>
1: and That's what, what rowdy the kids pop, do. Pop. They hold hands. Yep. Now what about your mom like was she um you it sounds like she was going along with the rules was she how was she at home with you was she loving and caring or what was what was the mother daughter relationship
2: Yeah gosh it's a really really complicated answer I think she did her best and I have worked through a lot of resentment um you know and finally, as, as a almost 39-year-old woman, I can say, my mom did her best. Yeah. You know, yeah, she did things in a way that I wish I didn't. I, I wish she would prioritize me mm. versus the job. I wish she would spend more time with me and do fun things versus like really being upset with me for not being a good student or not doing my homework on time and not cleaning the house and you know, not helping her. So it was, we did not vibe. Me and my mom were very different. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it was, uh, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't fun. My childhood was not fun.
1: (laughs) It sounds like you had a lot of responsibilities too, just because probably because your mom was a single mom and, you know, like you're expected to, you know, probably clean the house and, you know, do all these things and stay home and wait for her to come home from work. And
2: I was just on my own or like as, as long as I remember myself, I was just on my own. So I think, and when you are a product of on your own, you miss on a lot of basic, um, you know, guidelines. You kind of like, I did not embody many things that come so easily to John, even like time management or, you know, even like the cleaning, you're saying the responsibilities, well, she would, Bike at me for not cleaning, but I would still not be cleaning because ultimately my mom wasn't really there to control that I will be cleaning, right? So, so yeah, I am missing a few, a few basic um, things that I, I wish I wish came easily to me.
1: Yeah. yeah, I'm wondering what will you, what have you made sure that you, you know, give to your children that maybe you missed along the way?
2: Yeah, yeah, and you know what's interesting is um if we i i what i fight inside myself is is the tendencies that i inherited from my mom right so where i am not fun like the the worst thing about me is when i'm not fun with my kids is when i don't want to play tickle monster i'm like it's not my game i don't like it ugh i don't <laughs> want to do it but i know that what i really should do is play tickle monster Because that's, they love language and, and um, the battle is, and yeah, when I bark at them for not doing something, you know, it's inherited things that this is how I learned. So, um, so it's, it's, it's me really trying to relearn or -hmm. even just not, not really relearn, but to develop the skills that, that, that are not, that are not inherited naturally to me because I never saw them. But hey, my mom is really awesome. By the way, can I just plug in that my mom, she comes from Russia for six months out of the year now and completely sacrificed her life to stay with us and just support us and, and helping us with the children and cooking and cleaning and loving our children. So, so I think- Wow, her, what a shift. Yeah, yeah, she's so, amazing. So I think for her, because she- felt like she wasn't there for me. Yeah. She is now there for my kids. She's still not fun. She's I think, she
0: I think we're all, we're all just trying to take the best of our parents and leave some of the other stuff behind <laughs> and forge, forge our own way. Yeah. But, and so it is, it's a, it's a mixture. I have a very complicated relationship with my mom too. Like I love her. We're very different people. Very, like opposite ends of the spectrum kinds of people and there's i've as i've done my work i've been able to come to the point of going okay i get it i get it i have peace with with the difference with um some of the things that i really really didn't appreciate (laughs) and a new appreciation for for how she showed up in my life as a kid. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, she was a like, champion for me.
1: I know. It was, it's funny. Like the way she shows love is so drastic. Like, you're like, I just want you to give me a hug and say you're proud of me. Like, that is just Justin's ult. Like, he would probably drop dead on the floor if his mother came in <laughs> and did that right now. But Um, she shows love in lots of other ways that don't necessarily translate to Justin. I'm like, Justin, you know, she's loving you right now, right? And he's like, oh yeah. Like different love languages, you
2: know? Yeah, Yeah. oh,
1: like totally.
2: (laughs)
0: Like, like, I don't know if y'all are familiar with Enneagram. I'm a four, Uh, like epitome of a four. My mom is, is probably a one, like, like a really strong one. She's very
1: black and white, very black and white. so
0: it's, it's just the very different uh, emotional realities that we have, the the different ways of expressing each other and everything. So, yeah. Yeah. So I want to kind of come around to how did the two of you find each other?
3: (laughs) Uh, So, the, I'll, I'll give you the short story and you tell me if you want me to dig in at all. But No, uh, no,
1: dig in, dig, dig in. in. <laughs> the,
3: the short story, well, all right, I'll, I'll give you the meaty story. The meaty story is that um, this goes back to living in New Jersey. Uh, I had just um, come out, I had just broken up with a girl who I'd been with for a couple of years. We held hands for a couple of years. Yeah.
1: For, and two, <laughs> for two years, you held for, hands.
3: for a couple of years, we held hands. And then, uh, so we split up and I had a couple extra bedrooms in the house and I'm a very social person. Um, I, I remember I was, uh, I was thinking, oh, I should get roommates. You know, this would be really cool um, just to get some energy in the house and have some fun and you know, be around great people. And I said, I could be as picky as I want, right? I just uh, search yeah. for the perfect roommate. Well, I put an ad on roommates.com and this guy Neil moves in. Neil's uh, Australian soccer coach, and we're hitting it off. And it's going so well that Neil and I, one night over a, over a beer, decided to get a, a third person in the house, bring in another roommate. Well, I'll never forget, I was sitting at my desk at my office and I get a notification that pops up from roommates.com, and uh, it's Tatiana. And I remember, I think the order that I saw the information was there's this Russian girl who wants to apply. And I thought, oh, this is great, <laughs> you know? And then, uh, cause I thought that's just fun. Like we had an Australian soccer coach and we're gonna have this Russian, it was to be the international house of fun. And and then I saw the the picture pop up on the screen and it was Tatiana who had taken a picture where she put her eye really close to the camera, and was <laughs> making kind of a funny face. And I remember my first reaction to it was, well, okay, I said, you know, cool, a Russian uh, roommate. I said, the good news is I won't be hitting on her, right? Like, because this picture was just like, if I somebody said, Tatiana, take the worst picture that you could take, that's the picture she posted on her profile.
1: Okay, what was the story, Tatiana? Did you just get a little too close to the camera or you were being funny or what? Um, on purpose to keep the creeps away. (laughs) Oh
0: there you go. Oh, okay. There's a strategy in it. I
1: like it. I like it.
0: So so I
3: so I I reply back, yeah, come take a look at the house, it'd be great. I ended up going out to meet her, which is a really funny story, by the way, which I, I wrote about in the front row factor book. It's how this almost didn't work out. Uh, which if you want the extended 3 minute version I'm happy to tell you the story of how we ended up meeting sure, at the yeah let's yeah. do it the uh, the 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 gas station up, up in the northeast called Wawa which also
2: like such a oh, yeah. vacation. it was like the universe was just giving a glimpse to John of what he was about to get into.
0: <laughs> so here's
3: here's what happened. There's so that was uh,
1: going on at the Wawa. People coming,
2: oh,
3: going,
1: yeah. all kinds, all kinds of stuff.
3: She she calls and she says, uh, "I can't find your house. I'm I'm uh, I'm at this Wawa down the road at the corner of um, Blenheim Road and something else." And I said, "Oh, that's easy. I said I'll just talk you through it. Just stay on the phone with me and." I'll tell you where to go. I said, pull out of the Wawa parking lot, make a left on the Blenheim road. She said, okay, done. I said, go up to the next traffic light. It'll be Hickstown road, turn right. And she goes done. I said, go to the next road. That's Ariel, turn right. She goes done. I said, no, right there, you're going to see an entrance to our street hidden drive. And she goes, I'm back at the Wawa. (laughs) (laughs) I said, that's impossible. You just literally were on the phone saying, I'm turning on to Hickstown. I'm turning on to Ariel. Like that's impossible. I said, I don't know how that just happened, but let's try again. So I said, pull out. You're on this road. She goes, yes. I said, you're at this traffic light. Turn right. She goes, yes. I said, turn right onto this road. I said, my street's right there. I said, where are you? She goes, I'm back at the gas station. I said, that's impossible. I don't even know how you're doing what you're doing. But if I were to draw this on a map, Uh, what happened is the gas station has two exits when she pulled out and she made a a turn she's basically if if you could imagine it'd be like a triangle she's she's driving down this road and she's entering Hickstown just a hundred yards ahead of where the other you know where the other right and then what happens is in New Jersey when a road splits it actually shares a name So two roads that run parallel to each other, they could be dual named, Blenheim aerial, Blackwood aerial. So she was turning onto a dual named road and ending up back at the, Mm -hmm. anyway, the craziest part is I just thought to myself, I was laughing so hysterically that I said, I'm driving up to meet you. And I'll never forget back to the Wawa. I said, stay there. I'll be there in five minutes. I'm going to come get you. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of symbolism in how all this went down, but, I jumped out of the car. She jumped out of her car, and I'll never forget that moment where she jumps out, and there's this beautiful blonde, spunky, spirited, just amazing girl walking towards me. And I remember that, like, the thought in my head was, "Uh oh, yeah, <laughs> this is gonna be trouble." <laughs> so
0: yeah, came over
3: to the house, and she got the tour, and she looked around, and then what ended up happening is I said, "Hey," I said, um, at the end, she goes, I really like the house. The only problem is I, you know, I, I I go to school pretty far away. And I said, well, listen, I said, why don't we, here's what I tell everybody that I've interviewed so far. Let's go sit down have a beer. And you tell me everything about you that you think is important for me to know about being a roommate. I'll tell you who I am, what kind of guy, like if you stay out late, if you're messy, if you're blah, 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 let's just talk about it all. And let's just get, you know, get right to it. Well, we went out, down, Were you making
1: beer. up this like well, yeah, procedure? Yeah. Like, like, oh, we—no, no, this passed. was
3: the deal. This, I know it sounds like That's I was funny. just working the first date, but no, this was, mm-hmm. this was how I worked it with Neil. And, uh, this is, you know, we went out that night and here's what she said. She goes, um, I think, uh, I'm most concerned about my drive to school the next day. She was still in school at this time and, uh, in college. And, uh, and she said, I'm a little concerned about my drive. And I said, well, listen, the best thing to do is to drive it at the time of day that you have to drive it to see what the traffic's like. And I said, "Now I know this sounds a little crazy, but here's an idea. This is, this is day one. I said, why don't you stay at my place? And then I know it sounds totally like, I'm I'm ballsy. I like it, but it doesn't sound crazy.
1: Get coffee. And then,
3: (laughs) yeah. So here's, I mean, here's the thing. Like if you're really going to move into somebody's house the next week, move all your stuff in, going and spending the night at their house doesn't seem so crazy because if you're literally gonna move there. So she did, she came over, she spent the night, she slept in the basement, nothing happened. Um, and, uh, and then she woke up the next day and she drove to school and she, it took her like an hour or something to get there, a long time it took her to get to school.
2: It normally would have, there was a, like an, an accident of some sort and would typically would be about 35 minutes. It took me about
1: over an hour. Oh, so you're so like, is she this tells a me sign this? that I should not be moving? So, yeah, yeah. So
3: I so she's saying, this like, oh, it took me a long. And I was like, oh, darn, this isn't going to work out. And then she goes, and I'll take the place. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, there's a, there's, I think there's little clues along the way. Like we both wanted to make this work, right? She wanted to make it work. I wanted to make it work. Um, but when she moved in, like I, we were totally just roommates, right? We would have fun. We would talk, but we weren't, we didn't start dating right away. We,
2: for two weeks, we were roommates.
3: Yeah, for a couple weeks. Yeah. I'm for saying a couple, couple weeks. weeks. Yeah. Until I, I took her out to, to concert. a concert as roommates, but we came back. We came back not roommates. Uh, as a couple. No, I wanted what to. It was a to- concert.
1: Oh, jeez. We don't remember. It was just a small local
2: band.
3: Who was listening to the music?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right, right. right. Who cares? Now, I want to know, Tatiana, what was... We heard John's first impression of you. Like, obviously, he was like, uh-oh, it's going to be trouble. What was your first impression of him when I you guys started?
2: I fell in love instantly. Mm.
1: Yeah.
2: And it's like, it's, it's that... It's the energy, you know, anybody has ever met John, he is just a bright, shiny star. He is just the, 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 the love, he just oozes, yeah. you know, the good vibes. And I think coming back from really, really tough place, being in a relationship with a negative person for two years, I just saw him and was like, whatever you are, I just wanted some of it, however it looks. Right, if just friends, roommates, just anything, just passing you in the hallway, just for you, for your energy to rub on me and lift me up, I was like, I'll drive for an hour to to my school, uh, just give me some of that. And it, for wow. me, I was really certain that that I needed I needed John in my life. <laughs>
1: You're like I will change schools. I will quit school. That's whatever. What I, said. I said I'm just
2: going to change school. School cares. I can't find another John, but I can find another school. Oh wow! Um, yeah, I was I was pretty head over heels for him instantly.
0: You and your spouse could be just one conversation away from becoming soulmates.
1: Whoa, honey, that's a big promise I know, to make. but I'm making it. All right, but we have been using this one simple, powerful tool for almost a decade. It's radically transformed our relationship and hundreds of other marriages, too.
0: Yes. You see, in the chaos and busyness of everyday life, we all get wrapped up in these five-second conversations.
1: Did you take out the trash? What? Did you schedule a doctor's appointment? Yes. Did you get their milk on the way home?
0: What not? Wait, who what See, why are you I doing mean, this to we me? Get
1: stuck in those five-second conversations.
0: <laughs> I'm having a little a little moment here now. Uh, but the truth is that more intimacy and connection begins with more conversations that matter. And that's what the sachet Check-in guide is all about. Alright, so
1: get your free copy of our guide. From roommates to soulmates, how to create more intimacy and connection in your marriage in five minutes without awkwardness or ugly fights using the Sashay Check-In.
0: You can get your copy today at legendarymarriage.com slash check-in.
1: And now back to the show. <sighs> what did parenting look like for y'all in the early years, like when they were real little? Johnny, Johnny was gone a lot. So
2: He traveled. Um, How much? Three quarters of the year, maybe. So it was it was rough. And, you know, my mom really stepped up. She came and stayed with me and that helped. um, I mean, both of my kids, of our kids are spirited and um, really strong mind, strong, strong desire to get it their way. So it wasn't easy. You know, and I thought Tiger was, was rough. And then I got, uh, and then we got Ocean. And Ocean is like a whole new level. And partially it's our fault because we named them, really.
1: <laughs>
2: um, I'm surprised great
1: Tiger is so spirited. That'd be shocking yeah. to me. And can you imagine that Ocean is even more spirited than Tiger? Yes. <laughs> He's got a lot of waves. And um, So now, John, you were traveling quite a bit for work. Um, How was it balancing family life with traveling so much?
3: Yeah, well, these are tough years. I mean, I think what's really important is that, uh, that, you know, in these moments that we tell the truth, right? Like there's, because there's people out there in different seasons of life and somebody's listening to this and they're in the summer harvest, you know, the, the fall harvest, the beautiful time of year when it seems like everything's just clicking and there's other people that are literally in the thick of it right now. You know, um, and they're on the brink of breakdown, yeah. and so I, I I can tell you tons of war stories from that time. I mean, here's what happened: I left a job um, that paid well to start my own thing as a speaker and an author, and uh, to run the charity Front Row Foundation. I did it in 2008. If that tells you anything, right, uh, about the time that yeah. you know, that we are all in, um, I left. New Jersey, bought a home in Virginia Beach, a second home. So we owned both homes, renting the home in New Jersey. Uh, We got married that year. She got pregnant on our honeymoon. So I move houses. I leave a job, start a company, uh, have a child coming, get married. It's all in one year, all in
2: 12 months.
3: And so this was a really tough time because, uh, and and she took the leap with me. You know, when we were dating, I had the dream job. I'm flying her to Hawaii and Italy and taking her on cruises, and we're staying in penthouse suites, and it's like the dream life. And then I was like, "Will you marry me?" And she says, "Yes." And then I say, "By the way, I'm quitting my job to basically go be broke for a couple of years."
1: Bait <laughs> and, and switch, <laughs> and
3: figure out how to make this work. But she stuck with me through it all, and. Guys, there were tough moments. There were there were Christmases without presents. There were uh, we got to the point where they were foreclosing on our house in Virginia Beach. We our renters decided to squat in our house in New Jersey, so they weren't paying us and they wouldn't leave. Um, so we had these really tough situations. I cashed in a four hundred one k. It was a ton of that kind of stuff. And then what happened was on year three, I won a speaking award. I won college speaker of the year, and then I finally like it took off. I made, I made a good income that year and we started paying down some of our debt and you know, then it, then it started to work. And so it was a tough transition. It was a really tough time. I mean, for, for both of us, it was a tough time because Tatiana didn't want to be in Virginia beach. We bought a house that was not too far from the ocean front, but it just happened to be under the flight path of the world's largest air base of Oceania. So we'd have these F 14 fighter jets, a hundred oh yards above our house with a sleeping baby. And like Tatiana's like pulling her hair out. And she just, you know, so we ended up moving back to New Jersey and there were a really, um, there were some
0: tough days. There were some really tough days. Tough times will either split couples apart or pull them together. Yeah. What happened for you guys? How
3: did you a little bit of both. I mean, I think there were times when we both uh, were at our wits end and I'm sure Tatiana would, you know, if she had the mic right now, she'd be telling you the same thing where there was lots of days when I wasn't a joy to be around. Um, my stress was getting to me and I just wasn't a nice, I, I I wasn't the the person she described earlier that she hoped to brush by in the hallway and have my good energy rub off on her. It was like, there was, it was scary and there were, you know, there was there were moments when we didn't know how it was going to go to, you know, I would say literally, I think Tatiana questioned the whole thing three times and to her credit, she just stood behind me the whole time and was like, go, go after it, go do it. I've got the kids go, go try to make the money. Get, that's how we, that's how we decided it would go down. Um, and you know, and ultimately it did, but you know, we had to work at it
0: for sure. And, and there how seasons. humbling is that as a man? When, like, because we've been through those seasons too. When, when you know, I, I mean, part of our story was way back when, two thousand five. I, I was in such a bad place. I said, like, if you want out, you're, you can get out. Like, I wouldn't blame you. Yeah. Maybe we should get a divorce. Like, save yourself. I'm a sinking ship. And Daniel was like, ah, nope, that's not the way we're going down. Yeah. Nope. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was one of those epiphany kind of moments for me um to go oh okay that wow that's really really humbling Mm -hmm. when I when we were in that low place that she goes no (laughs) no we're in it
1: now I'm wondering how did you guys make the shift from you know you're kind of hanging on by a string to now you are mentoring dads and like really like the biggest cheerleaders for families and all that like how did that turn around from you know hanging on well i'll answer
2: for me which our we're very different and 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 what we do our roles are very different so i think for me what kept me really sane in in New Jersey, because New Jersey, it's not my place. I I could not, I wasn't surrounded by, I didn't have a tribe, I didn't feel, I I just felt like, okay, this is temporary, temporary any minute now. And then it just like was kept on going and going until finally I pulled the trigger. I was like, John, I know we can't, but we must move out of New Jersey. (laughs) Like, and we're doing it. In the next three months, like we're gonna pull, pull it together, figure it out, and then we move, we move to Austin. But I think how I stayed, and, and once we moved to Austin, it's you know just this is the right place for us. Yeah. And things just, it, it just, it's just it's an energetic thing, and I feel it. It just opened up, the world just opened up for us. Um, but how I think how I survived in New Jersey, I think I, I focused on, I would just look for things that bring me joy. And, and I would just focus on it. Like, you know, I think I cooked a lot and I loved cooking. So during the time that John was gone, I, I would, you know, the breakfast, lunch, and dinner, homemade, you know, delicious, nutritious thought through, and that was my art. That was my way to express myself. Um, and then, and then I got into yoga and that was, I think, that was also something that was keeping me together because I could, this was my creative outlet. Um, those two things really helped. Yeah. And, And you know, you, you have to have something that brings you joy outside of kids and, and husband. And I think, and, and, and on, and on my end right now, I think why I am thriving so, so much is because I am being really adventurous, um, and opened, and I just seek things that bring me joy, and I, and it's not just, it can be, well, for me, I'm talking about myself, it's not one thing, it's many things, and I try to have them all in my life, and sometimes it's overwhelming, like, you know, really amazing people that just just match my spirit, and I can be myself with them. So it's just you know, if, if being with my the girlfriend that I love so much, couple of times a month, um, you know, doing something that that helps me to express myself creatively, work on myself, like is you know, to, to I'm, try, I'm still I'm trying to figure out what I want to do when I grow up. Mm-hmm. So sure. so, and you know, it's another really cool thing about John is he um, does allow me that judges he judges a little bit (laughs) he's like okay come on well we're 39 now maybe you should you should figure it out by now i'm like no No. i've never said
3: those words i've never said those words judge judging is is true i think we all judge sure and at times that we don't want no and and i think there's you know what tatiana said is the is the seed there of that i think is the brilliant part that for most people is what can turn into something great and that is Uh, What made it work for us together is what made it work for us individually. And the more that Tatiana could be honest with herself and that she could be strong and be nurtured and find her path, and the more that I got certain about what I needed and wanted and how I would show up in the world, those were the times when our relationship grew. Not when I figured out how to change her or when she figured out how to change me, but she got excited about environment she found new friends you know she got into yoga she got into cooking these are all sparks to our relationship because you just bring something more to the table Uh, whenever i got more clear about who i was when i meditate when i go to the gym when i am thriving in my business when i'm those are ways that i bring better versions of me to our relationship so you know, it's interesting, I just uh, um, officiated Hal's recommitment ceremony, our buddy Hal Elrod, yeah. and uh, this is a couple of weeks ago. And part of the ceremony is, you know, not only do you commit to supporting another person in marriage and standing by them, but I think an important part of any uh, a ceremony of commitment is that you commit to take care of yourself for that other person. Yeah. Right. That that should be woven into all ceremonies of like do you commit to becoming the best version of yourself for you for your spouse for your kids for your community. Like that's a really important piece of the equation. So that's that's why I I think and and look, we don't I don't stand up in front of dads. I've never told any dad that they should listen to me because I figured it out. I tell all the dads that I started front row dads because I wanted answers like they did. And I'm, in, I'm on a search for them with these guys to find the experts, to have the conversations. Um, I might've figured out a thing or two, just like they have. And if we can all bring our wisdom to the table, then we'll all walk away stronger. So it's a strengths-based community. And our relationship is the same way. What are you great at? What am I great at? What, are, what, what, what does each one of us bring to the table? And if we can amplify what's good, we can silence what's not.
1: When did you realize that parenthood um, and being a great dad was kind of going to almost have an impact that reverberates out? Like, I feel like you have really zeroed in on the father relationship as something that's super important.
3: I failed so much at everything else that it just showed up by default. There has to be something I'm good at. <laughs> uh, hey, you're hey, you're you're not good at all those other things. You're a pretty good dad, you know. You might want to do something there. Um, it, you know, a lot of it is it's it's experimentation. I had this conversation recently with somebody about you know life is so much about experimenting. Wanting our kids, for example, to experiment with a lot of different things. There's so much power in that. And you know, uh, when you when you think about finding your career you th- you think about that venn diagram where they talk about like hey what are your skills right what do you what what skills have you developed what are you excited about what do you find passion with and how do you want to make an impact there's different versions of that venn diagram but that's you know when, and then, and then where you find the overlap between those things is where you find your sweet spot so uh, l- you know it's been said by so many people but when you look back you can see all the dots being connected And you can see how the thing you did as a kid and how you were nurtured in this environment. And then your first job led to this job. And then that job all set you up to do the thing you're doing today. And if I look at my journey, it's all a big tee up to get me to where I am right now with Front Row Dads. And if you're willing to hear the advice that's coming from within you and from around you, and you're not afraid to pivot, Mm -hmm. and you're not afraid to try something new, then you, you can keep finding your way into a, a better, uh, situation professionally speaking. And since we're talking about like, Hey, how did this dad thing emerge? It's like, you know, it, it, two years ago it emerged because I just wanted to learn. So I said, Hey, I've got a skill of getting people together. Let me just get 30 of my friends together. We'll talk about being better husbands and fathers. And then it, and then, and then it worked so well I would have had to have, like, had both fingers in the ears (laughs) to not hear the guy saying, we need
0: this. Yeah.
2: But I think it's also submerged from from wisdom. And I kind of, like, vaguely remember your thought process three years ago where you, you know, you can have a great career, and then when you retire, nobody remembers your name. Yep. <laughs> right. You can put all this into becoming wealthy, but you can't take your wealth with you on to into the other world. So I, I think that really establishing that, you know, your family is the most important part of you, of your life. And um, to figure out how to put together a career that is uh, in, enhancing and supporting the most important thing about, about you is, is brilliant. And I am the number one beneficiary mm. <laughs> from the whole thing yeah. because John has stepped up his game as a as a father and as a husband tremendously, um, just because he had to.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay, Tatiana, I want to ask you a quick question. What do you love about John as a dad to your kids?
2: Uh, okay. So, well, first of all, just because I have. husband and my kids have a dad it's pretty awesome you know because i didn't have one so so for them it's just like they 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 are so much further ahead than i was in my life uh starting up um and i think i love about him being a dad everything that i love about him just being a human being you know so it's it's just that he really wants to to be good for them. He really wants to to, to teach him and to give him the upper hand and to love them. And because he sees the brilliance in his children, which Mm -hmm. sometimes parents don't see the brilliance of their children because they have, you know, that notion of, you know, but unless they have good grades and good behavior and eat the vegetables, they are somehow not perfect. So, but Johnny you know because like ocean right now is going through this thing where he's just like anything that doesn't go his way he just goes and it's just so loud and it's so (laughs) difficult but so to see brilliance through that takes a really (laughs) really good good man and takes a really skilled man and johnny is oh he's all that he's a great dad i'm really 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 blessed and and he holds my hand a lot just because he stepped up his game also in you know, kind of educating himself in the parenting world in the past three years. So a lot of times he will see me falling apart, and then he will take me aside. He was like, "This, this is what, this is how you do this. Let me teach you. Let me show you. This doesn't have to be hard. Just follow this. Many people have done it before. Just follow this script, and yeah. you will get from your kids ultimately what 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 you want."
1: I love that yeah. you're open to it too. It sounds yeah. like you guys are a really great partnership. Like a no, given. Not, no, John is laughing.
2: Not always. No. 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 No.
1: Oh well, <laughs> nobody's a hundred percent. But how about how about you, you, John? What yeah. about Tatiana? Like, what do you love about her being a mom?
3: Ooh. Well, <clears throat> you know, when I think about um, nurturing kids and I think about giving them a great start, um, she provides two two plus ingredients that, you know, and I say two plus meaning two of the big ones and then a bunch of others. So love and health. So she has, first of all, her looking out for our kids um, with their health is so important. Like this is a primary role. This is a need for her to feed them well, to make sure that they're looked after in, in, in their, you know, mind, body, and soul. That is very, very important. Um, you know, and so I'm so grateful for that because I think that getting somebody like, you know, you've heard the phrase, I'm sure it's like, when you have your health, you can have a thousand dreams, but if you don't have your health, you have one. (laughs) And so to give children a base of, Hey, look, you can, if you can be healthy and be excited about life, you know, the world is yours, you know, Mm -hmm. in so many ways. So, um, I also think that there's a spirit that she brings to our family. I think about her energy that she brings to the environment. And if you get a chance, if you haven't seen it, go look at my Instagram or my Facebook where I posted a video of her dancing. And I did see that, yeah. this is Yeah, this is at Hal's Recommitment Ceremony. And I, when I, you know, when I posted that, I I wrote, I wrote, uh, it's wonderful. And I say this, I've said this to Tatiana since we got together. I mean, I had to have said this at least every year I've never missed, right? Where I say at least one time a year, I go, what I love about being married to you is when I go to a party or I go anywhere with you, you're always the person I want to leave with. Yeah. You know, and, uh, that's your, you know, there's not a, I, cause I can tell like you're sometimes your moments where you're like, I wish I was married to that person, right? Like, I wish I was taking home that person over there. And, uh, I said, I'm just so grateful that, you know, she at that party captures my attention. She lights me up. And what you'll see in that video is her dancing and her mm-hmm. brightness, her ability to let things go and forgive and move on. Look, we can all hold a grudge, we can all get angry, we can all have moments, but her ability to let things go and just move on and like go back to dancing, you know, I, I I think is profound. And if our children can learn how to let go and our children can learn how to dance or to act in this world without caring so much about what people think of you, right? That that to me is a, a really beautiful gift. And I think that's one of the things she does exceptionally well. There's you know, there's a hundred things that I could, I could get into specifics with. But when I think about pillars or her strengths, when people talk about Tatiana and her strengths, they always talk about her spirit. And when she's at her best, she's tapped into that spirit. And that's when she's operating. That's when she's floating, you know, from one room to the next, when she's in that space of connected to her spirit and the kids feel that and they light up as well.
1: Mm, that's yeah. so good. You guys, this has been so amazing having yes. y'all on the show. I just, I know that just like us, we're just over here smiling. Like <laughs> I just love hearing your story, but, um, I know our listeners are definitely going to want to be able to connect with you guys and what you're doing with Front Row Dads and everything. So let us know like what you guys are up to, how to find you.
3: Well, uh, all the Front Row Dads stuff is on the site, frontrowdads.com. Um, there's a front row dads podcast that we have where we're just, we're trying to dig into the conversations for, you know, what we call family men with businesses, not businessmen with families. So that's our, that's who we're after. And, um, as far as a family, I mean, I think, uh, you know, uh, our lives are pretty public. I mean, in some ways, right. From our social accounts. So if somebody wants to find us or connect with us, not
0: difficult to find us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, I just wanted to say like uh, that the Front Row Dads podcast is one of, it's one of the like five that I even listen to, but like, that I'm subscribed to. And it's, it's one of my absolute favorites. Just uh, every week, John does this incredible job of showing up and being really humble and really curious and really um, just compassionate and tender and, and sharing uh, your guests with us as an audience. And it has been, uh, it has been a real, a real positive impact for me as a dad. Like I'm, I'm showing up much more present, much more engaged. You know, I'm, I'm thinking in different ways about myself as a father because of the show. And so I'm just, I just want to say thank you for that, for, mm-hmm. for taking that leap out and, and following that, that wild hair of curiosity mm-hmm. to go, Hey, I am not not sure what to do here. Let's find out together. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you. Well, so, I appreciate so. that very much. Thank you.
1: All right, you guys, it's been a distinct pleasure. Thank you, John and Tatiana for being Thank on the show. So much.
2: Thank you so much. It was really wonderful
1: talking to you. Thank you. Man, I just love those guys.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. You and- know what?
1: They always have conversations that matter on yeah. their show as yeah. well. So I want to say now it's the talk about it segment of the show.
0: Yeah. If you are not listening to the Front Row Dads podcast, I highly, highly recommend it. Do
1: it. it, Do it.
0: And now the Talk About It segment of the show. Each week we challenge you to set a time with your spouse to have a conversation that matters. All
1: right. So here's your conversation starter. What are you radically passionate about? I know John shared on the show that he was just so passionate about becoming a great dad that he wanted to figure out all he could about it, do the research, surround himself with amazing dads. And that's how Front Row Dads came about. So here's the question. What are you radically passionate about? And you know what? Don't answer that, Justin. We'll break it down on this week's Pillow Talk, Yeah. Thursday, 8 p.m. Central Time on our Facebook page.
0: See, all the Talk About It segment is, like we said, find a time with your spouse, sit down, have a cup of coffee, glass of wine, whatever or Who, don't have a beverage How just how have, about kombucha? have a conversation about that question. Can we kombucha? have kombucha? Oh yeah. It
1: was on sale. That's it. our
0: favorite date night thing is kombucha and Justin's dark chocolate peanut butter. Oh
1: cups. my gosh. That is the jam. All right. Well, that's it for today's show. As always, we are talking about all the hot topics from the podcast and so much more in our free community on Facebook. So come join the conversation at legendarymarriage.com slash community. You
0: can find this episode and the show notes at legendarymarriage.com slash one, two, four, five. One two five.
1: Well, that was easy for you to say.
0: <laughs> nah, not so much.
1: <laughs> Lastly, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review the show so we know how we're doing and other couples can find us.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. This
1: is Danielle and Justin reminding you,
0: don't settle for an ordinary marriage.
1: Make yours legendary.